This episode of The Thinker's Manifesto is brought to you by The Thinker's Workshop, an educational library and online community that will help you become a better thinker. Learn more at thinkers-workshop.com. That's thinkers-workshop.com. It was a frustrating night for the two brothers. Like many in their village, they were fishermen, mining the sea for a catch that would help feed them and their families. They had spent the previous night on their fishing boat. After bringing their boats to shore in the morning, they joined their crew to clean their nets, with no fish to show for their effort. As they worked on their nets, the younger brother, Andreas, recognized a holy man walking through the village. Now, holy men were frequent in their country, so the appearance of one in their village would not have been that unusual. But Andreas recognized this holy man, having heard about him before, and he knew there was something special about him. Andreas wanted to talk to him. So he turned to his brother Simeon, excitedly introducing him to this special man. It turned out the holy man needed their help. He was to preach that day to a crowd and needed a boat so he could be on the lake and seen by those on the shore. He asked Simeon if he could use his boat, and Simeon agreed. Later, after the sermon was done, the holy man asked them to go fishing. The brothers were reluctant. After all, the previous night had resulted in empty nets. But he implored them, and they complied. Miraculously, they hauled in so many fish that their boat nearly sank. Dumbstruck by the miracle of this bounty, the holy man turned to them and said, quote, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. End quote. Christians know this story well. It is the story of Jesus calling the first disciples, the two brothers whose Greek names are translated to Andrew and Simon Peter. And while Simon Peter would go on to become one of the most prominent apostles of Jesus, it is important to remember that it was Andrew who introduced Simon Peter to Jesus, an act that would have him forever referenced in the Orthodox Christian tradition as the Protokletos, the first called. But I wonder... What would have happened if Andrew never called for his brother Peter to come and meet Jesus? How would Christianity have changed? And would there even be a Christian religion to talk about? Welcome to Thinker's Manifesto a podcast series that will help you think better. I'm your host, Sean Jackson. The role of the first follower is often glossed over in the accounts of famous leaders. Yes, these first followers may share the spotlight, but rarely do we appreciate the important role these first followers play in helping spread an idea. 
It is one thing to create an idea, but for that idea to spread, it needs someone to hear it and be inspired enough to follow it. This is actually a rare occurrence. How many times have you heard a great idea and given up everything you were doing to follow it? But the act of following is a requirement for any idea to gain traction. It's one thing for you to believe in your idea, but it takes on a whole new dimension when others follow that idea with you. As the best-selling author and pastor John C. Maxwell states, quote, He who thinks he leads but has no followers is only taking a walk. End quote. On that day on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus was taking a walk. But that changed when Andrew saw him and implored his brother to come follow him. The ideas of Jesus found devoted followers, and it was those followers who were known as the apostles who spread the idea of Christianity. So how does an idea attract followers? Episode 9, The Value of the First Follower. In a fascinating TED Talk by Derek Sivers, he shares a video of an outdoor concert. In the video, you see a lone man dressed only in shorts, comically gyrating and gestating to the music. The crowd looks on in amusement. But then something amazing happens. Another person from the crowd comes and joins the man and begins mimicking his dance moves. A few seconds later, another joins them, and then a few more, and then even more. In less than three minutes, this lone dancer had inspired almost a hundred people to come and join him in his comical gyrations of dance. It is a stunning video. Derek Sivers provides compelling narration for the video, dissecting the nuances of the event. On the role of the first follower, Derek points out two critical qualities needed to attract the first follower. First, the idea needs to be easy to follow. Second, the first follower is embraced as an equal. I think these are important points, but there is a third quality that is not discussed, a quality I would come to appreciate after a very painful experience. In 2018, as I worked to improve on my ideas for starting a company, I found myself spending an increasing amount of time with my good friend, Sam. I've known Sam for many years and came to admire him. He owned a business that produced corporate events around the world, and he told mesmerizing stories of the extravagant events he held in numerous exotic locations. Sam is creative, insightful, and an experienced business owner. So I approached him about joining me and turning my idea into a company. At first, he was reluctant. But realizing what I was proposing was unique, he agreed to be my partner. For several months, we worked together to bring the idea forward. But something happened along the way. We both had strong opinions about what this idea could become, and they were not aligned. He saw it as something he could sell to his corporate clients for events. I saw it as something more. Over time, those differences manifested into major disagreements on every aspect of the business, from the logo 
to the design to the pricing. What I failed to realize is that Sam was not following along with my vision. He had his own vision of what he wanted to achieve. In less than six months, we mutually agreed to go our separate ways. It was a painful time for me. I felt sad that someone I admired could not continue with me on the journey we had started together. But there was no way we could reconcile on the one quality that matters most when finding a follower for an idea. Values. Values are beliefs that we hold worthwhile. Values guide our actions and motivate our attitudes. Values are personal or organizational qualities that we believe are important in our interactions with others. And what I came to find is that Sam and I did not share the same values. That is not to say one set of values is better than the other. It was just that our values were not aligned. And when it comes to following an idea, values matter. Around the time Sam and I were parting ways, I started to write season one of the Thinker's Manifesto. I wanted it to be something special, a podcast that people would enjoy listening to. So I reached out to the one person I knew was an expert in creating a great podcast. Advertisers and the media love to agitate your amygdala by mm. barraging... What? Let's do that one again. What? Do it again. What amygdala. You messed up amygdala. Just okay. go back to the start of the line, though. That is Jared Morse. Jared and I had worked together in the previous company I had started. He worked in marketing and had become a prolific and highly respected copywriter. But Jared is an exceptional podcaster. He has hosted numerous popular shows and even trained others on how to do podcasts through his educational course at showrunner.fm. If anyone could help me make this podcast work well, it was Jared. Yeah, I was intrigued from the very start. I mean, I've always been interested in topics related to self-improvement and specifically to thinking better, making better decisions. And, you know, as a podcaster, there's no better way to explain those concepts than through stories, which is what Sean's vision for the Thinker's Manifesto was. So I was in. I was excited to be a part of it from the get-go. We had a lot of fun working together on that first season. But there was something more. Jared really liked the ideas I was talking about. Yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to toss out ideas about thinking better because it's something that we all do every day. So it's something that we kind of feel like we have an intuitive sense for how to do better. But it's like anything else. When you start digging into the research and into the science, you start figuring out the stuff that really moves the needle. And you start reading the ideas of smart people who explain it in a way that make abstract concepts make sense. An example of this being Daniel Kahneman's uh, ideas for separating our two types of thinking, which we talked about you know, way back in episode one of The Thinker's Manifesto. And Sean's metaphor for emotional circuit breakers. I just, I wanted to learn more and I was just really, really getting into it. I eventually came to share my vision and ideas with Jared on the type of company I wanted to create. He understood immediately where this idea could lead. And we knew we could work well together. But there was one thing I had to find out. Did we share the same values? All right, so here's the thing about Sean, all right? Sean is an incredibly enthusiastic and energetic guy and sometimes pretty hard-charging and intense when it comes to working toward goals. 
But I had worked with him before, and so I knew that Sean's intensity was really a byproduct of his desire to help. He wants to help. And I really connect with that because I feel the same way. And that's really what I started to feel as we discussed his ideas more and more. Yes, he had this vision for a successful business model, but I could tell that what really got him excited and jazzed up about this was the prospect of taking these ideas about becoming a better thinker that he had been researching for the podcast and finding practical ways to actually impact people with them, whether through education like the podcast or tools like an app and a notebook. Sean really was talking about what we could build in terms of how it could help and serve other people. And that's a style of leadership that has always just really resonated with me. Servant leadership is a concept popularized by Robert K. Greenleaf in his 1970 essay, The Servant as a Leader, where a leader puts the needs of others in the organization first while helping them develop and perform better. On a personal level, it is a value I hold dearly. Unfortunately, I have worked with others that did not embrace the concept and it caused a lot of problems. So when I found someone who shared in a value I held in such high regard, a value that I wanted to instill in the company I was building, I knew that I had found a follower that I can embrace as an equal. It can be kind of tricky sometimes stepping into someone else's vision, which is what I was doing. Founders can be pretty protective of their ideas and their plans. And Sean is protective in the sense that he'll put in whatever effort is necessary to succeed, but he is not protective in the sense of needing to be right. And he let me know early on that he wanted my input and that he valued it, especially where we disagreed. I wasn't here to be a yes man. I was here to think critically so that we could challenge each other's ideas, point out cognitive biases, and find the best paths forward. And that's what we do. Practicing intellectual humility has become a major foundation of our work together, but it only really works because Sean sets the tone that way. I was fortunate that I could find someone who believed in my idea. But finding people that have faith in what you are doing is not enough. Embracing a first follower as an equal can only work well when you share the same values. And it is those values that will help guide you through the difficult times ahead as you start to put actions around them. In the next episode of The Thinker's Manifesto, I will share with you the story of a decision that I made that nearly killed off my idea before it even had a chance to grow. If failure is a teacher, then Jared and I received a Ph.D. education. I hope you will listen in.